We had no idea that storks were symbolic to the Alsace region. That is, until we stumbled upon an entire stork park in Strasbourg. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. I am Hilary Halton, and you are listening to Travel FOMO. And I'm here with my husband and the guy who discovered Strasbourg, France with me, Jamin. <laughs> As in discovered for us, not discovered in the original sense. I mean, more or less, you discovered it. I, it didn't exist in my world. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I feel like, were the person who um, really like we're super passionate about it and kept reminding me of this place this place and showing me these photos and I was like yeah that looks amazing where is that yeah yeah I think I just discovered it just researching I think basically I was looking for cities between Luxembourg and Munich (laughs) you're like we need to stop yeah I was like this needs to make sense somewhere geographically and stumbled upon Strasbourg. Yeah, well, it is um, pretty pretty enchanting. We arrived by train. We were staying two nights total, so just a couple nights. Um, and Strasbourg is so interesting because it lies on the border of France and Germany. And it kind of makes it really interesting because it's a little bit French and it's a little bit German. Yeah. Which kind of unfolds in all the ways you can imagine in terms of food, drinks, um, wine is a big deal, but then so is beer. And like there's all kinds of stuff that um, is definitely influenced by both of those cultures. And it's really well known for La Petite France, Mm -hmm. uh, which is this really cool historic district that's there. And we'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute. But um, the whole village itself, well... The inner part of it, the historic district of it, um, really reminds me of the little village from Beauty and the Beast on Disney. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, actually, it does. Like it's so like it's just so perfect and sweet and so completely whole as it is, kind of like marked in time, you know. So I I love it, and it's also part of the Alsace region. Yeah, yeah. So the Alsace region is. A region of northeast France, uh, bordering Germany and Switzerland, um, known for its castles and mountains, hiking, um, wineries, a lot of that kind of stuff um, is up there and really is a really kind of unique section of France. Unlike other parts of France, like I feel like France has so many personalities. And for us on our trip, we went in and out of France so much that True, yeah. it feels like almost like a different country every time that we went. Yeah. Because we'd been to Paris before and then we left and then we came back into Strasbourg. It felt completely different. Yeah. But was really cool. And when we were there, you were talking with your mom and found out that that's where your family, part of your family comes from. Oh my gosh. I could not believe it. Yeah. Um, my mom's side of the family, they actually come from a town called Lorraine, which is really close to Strasbourg. Um, we probably could have even just hopped on a train to go see it, but yeah. we kind of were finding out as we were kind of walking out the door and right leaving. We leaving. An interesting thing, I was so glad to find that out then because we kept going in and out of France, like you said, and we would get to different cities and I kept finding that the name name Lorraine was really common in a lot of street names. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. So I kept seeing it all the time. And um, the Alsace region, it was really cool to find out about it, learn about it, and then see that it was um, honored 
in different places around France, you know, like it would be mentioned or referenced and you kind of knew what they were talking about at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like this place like Strasbourg was really affordable and like as far as like what everything cost and especially our accommodation, like we got a super legit Airbnb and it was one of the cheapest stays on our entire trip. Yeah, that's true. And it was in the historic district. I felt, oh my gosh, I felt so lucky when we walked up and I saw where where we were staying. I was just like, this is so surreal. Because again, we're in the middle of a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, it's like the most picturesque district of old Strasbourg. Yeah, this is sure. the, the La Petite France that we were just mentioning, which is, I think that basically means the small France. Yeah, like yeah. little France. Yeah. And um, it's where fishermen and um, millers and tanners once lived. I don't know what any of those things are except for fishermen, but <laughs> <laughs> but I was doing my research. <laughs> and, um, and this was kind of an area where it was um, a lot of workmen lived and um, the the houses they call them like half timbered houses and they go back to the 16th century the 17th century um and they've got these roofs that really slope down quite a bit and um it's just i mean it's really what you think of when you think of a little french cottage maybe yes um it's just so charming but i'll never forget us walking up and we'd been looking and looking and some of these little streets were like like sidewalks they weren't even really (laughs) streets (laughs) and we're walking around and we're trying to find this place and it's starting to thunder and you can kind of see clouds gathering and so it's kind of getting a little ominous but kind of in like a cool way you know where you're just like ooh, like something's about to happen and we're about to see this place and we show up and it is this old building did it go back to the 16th century itself yeah yeah it did i think it did Mm -hmm. yeah and um it's got all these little shutters we had the first floor and all of our shutters just like opened up to this cute little courtyard area where people there were some restaurants in the area and people would sit outside and eat and drink and then it on the other side it opened up to the river where like before you know it you're just seeing like little ducks like float by in a row and you could reach out and touch them and then like um we started noticing that all of these tours would come by and they would all kind of like point over <laughs> to right. where we were and like we're basically sitting inside going like um I, I just kind of wanted to wave hello and be like hey i know it's super cool isn't it but it just felt like we were a part of what most people would we were getting to stay where most people would just stop by and take a photo and people did they were taking photos all the time um yeah of our airbnb yeah there were there were several times that i opened up the shutters to like people across the river like filming or taking pictures of which was like really awkward moments because yeah. you're like I, I don't know what like by the way I'm not French so I, I don't I don't know what you were hoping for <laughs> when I busted open this door but yeah. I don't have a baguette for you I just <laughs> wanted to let some air in I'm sorry she had like busted out in that Beauty and the Beast song you know Look, there she goes. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 girl's da, da, strange, da. no question. Mm-hmm. That one. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This whole little place, is that's it's that song. That song from the <laughs> That's true. And you, 
walking through those timber, those half timber houses, you did expect people to just pop out and start singing some like yes. some Disney song and like everyone yep. to just kind of be skipping through the streets. It was yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. <laughs> I I really loved it. But. And it it didn't actually rain on us. I know, didn't we get lucky? Yeah, we were we were able to avoid the rain on that particular day and we went out to see the city. We walked around um we got to see several of the gates to the city like the water gates and um, they still have some old, the old gate towers there, and they actually have a, a historic covered bridge that you can walk inside the bridge and see everything that's inside there. And then you can also walk above the bridge. So inside the bridge used to be shops and things like that, and now it's it's all just kind of open, and you can actually walk on top of the bridge as well and look out over the city uh, with just amazing views of the city from up there yeah. and all the water and then uh, we got to walk around at night yeah. and they lit that bridge up and those those gates and it became a whole a whole new experience at night they mm -hmm. had they had colored lights and it was really beautiful and we we walked around a lot of the rest of the city we went to the cathedral at night and the lighting on the cathedral was amazing yeah so uh, cool amazing to see at night yeah um and we saw like we saw a lot of really cool things lit up at night and on our trip throughout europe i don't know that anything else was quite as breathtaking as that cathedral lit up the way that it was mm. it reminded me of the moment i saw the duomo at night all mm, lit yeah. up in milan it was just really powerful, really well done. And you guys, if you go onto YouTube and, and watch the video that goes with this podcast, you'll see some of these things we're talking about. But that cathedral at night, they lit it so well. It was like every little, like every little sculpture had, was like well lit from all angles. It was, it just made it so powerful and like 3D. Like Yeah, and it's a gothic cathedral. And it's made out of this kind of red, this dark red stone. And so it has all these intricacies to it. So many statues and and everything just built into the cathedral itself. And the way they lit it, like you said, all those intricacies just pop. Yeah. The way they have it lit up, just breathtaking. Yeah, and it was surprisingly colorful. There's a huge circular stained glass window in the front that is very ornate and very colorful and that was really cool to see and then you've got like the green roof with the red you know um of the stone and yeah yeah it was it was very cool very cool and we did come back to that later which we'll, we'll get to we yes actually we did tour it during inside. the day yes yeah, so we'll get to that but um the next morning we went for a run which was awesome and we well i say it was awesome you were grumpy about it. I was that, right? super grumpy about it. Surprise, <laughs> surprise, people. Is anybody surprised to hear this at this point? I was grumpy. But also, it was raining. And I was like, are we really going to do this? Do we have to do this? Like, what is the problem here? Like, And we ended up running, you know, La Petite France is actually very small. Um, and most of the really mm -hmm. cool things, aside from the cathedral, most of the really cool stuff you mentioned, like the covered bridge, the... Um, 
the four or five gates to the city and all that stuff is literally within eyesight of where we were yeah. staying. So we were really close to all the cool stuff. Um, and so we kind of ran through La Petite France, which took like 90 seconds. <laughs> and then we were kind of getting to be on the outskirts of the city and maybe a little bit of the suburbs. You um, had a route that was actually taking us somewhere pretty cool, the um, European Union. Yeah, yeah, the European Union is there in Strasbourg. This run was a little different. I feel like some of the runs we got to run and like everything that you're seeing around you is all kind of historic all the time. And this we kind of ran, like we ran to the European Union and then it was like really boring just running through the city to like a park and then really boring running through the city to another yeah, park. Yeah, and so, yeah. So it wasn't maybe our favorite. Right. It yeah. was like little glimpses of goodness yeah. along the way. Yeah. But but basically the point that we um, I was trying to make is that we went way out into the boonies yeah. to see the European Union. And we did. <laughs> <laughs> and then we made our way way back into town. And um, it was a decent run for sure. The, the part that really stuck out to me was we came across a park. Yeah. And we're like, oh, this is really cool. What a great park. And it was, you know, it was raining on us. It had been raining on us for probably 30 minutes at that point. And it's raining on us. And, you know, you're like, oh, neat, like a little park. And and then you look up and you realize that is a really big bird up on that nest. Yeah. Up there on that telephone pole or at the top of a tree, I think. Right. Yeah. And we were kind of looking at this bird and we're like, wow, that's really, that kind of looks like a stork. Like that's huge. And that nest is huge. And then we start looking around more and more. We see like a couple stork statues Mm -hmm. and we're like, huh, that's interesting. Storks are kind of like a thing. And then we like keep looking and there are stork nests all over in these trees. And we just get more and more into this little park. And it was like, so cool. Yeah. Never experienced anything like that. Did not know we were about to see it. Mm -mm. Had no idea that storks were even a thing in this region. And it was like, it was really, really cool. Some background on storks. They're a pretty big deal to the Alsace region. Yeah. Um, And we found that you'll, you know, if you go visit, you'll see, you know, they'll sell you all kinds of stuff with storks on them. So you'll see that a lot. Um, But they always seem to come back in the spring. It's kind of like their place to be uh, in this part of the the country, that part of Europe. And um one thing I thought was fascinating because we started looking it up. Nobody told us anything about them. Yeah. And we started looking them up at this point. And like, I found out that their nests are like around a thousand, two thousand pounds. Right. Isn't crazy. that crazy? Like they can get really, really big. Um, and I just thought that was fascinating that a tree or even like if it were to be on, if they create a nest on the roof of your home. Like that could cave in your roof. <laughs> like, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, but they have all kinds of different things um, that they believe about storks there. Um, it Actually, the myths go back centuries and um, it's a really a big part of their culture. They represent different things. Um, I was looking into it. They represent like happiness and faithfulness, fertility, um, good luck. So it's all these things that like if you have a stork that's made its home, you know, maybe on your property or on your roof, it's a good thing. People are yeah. really happy about that. Um, they even like, um, oh, what was I reading about like 
some of the towns will put up platforms for the birds specifically to nest on. And then some homeowners will even build their own platforms because they want the storks to come and stay there. And so they kind of create a place for them. Um, And then um, I think I was reading that like around there are around 600 different pairs of mating storks that are kind of in the region. Um, And they live up to like 30 years old. Um, they have like 80 eggs per, per, per person, (laughs) 80 eggs per stork, I guess. And then, um, one of the things I thought was really kind of sad is that, um, power lines are kind of a problem and they end up electrocuting themselves because you can imagine they would like put up a nest up there. Right. And, um, anyway, if, if it's not. If the power line isn't made just right, then um, they could um, they could die that way. And that's actually the top way that they die. Like, that's like the number one reason that storks die. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah. There's all kinds of things they believe. They believe that if a stork bites you, you you'll become pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I was even reading something from, I think, uh, National Geographic. And two of the people that were involved in like a study or something, they both got bit and they both were about to become parents. Really? Yeah. I thought that was really <laughs> funny. funny. I thought it was really cute. Um, <laughs> and then there's this old myth that I thought was just kind of cool and I wanted to share it. Um, There is this myth that the storks many years ago were, um, they were just torn up about all of the war and the death that they were seeing in their region of Alsace. And they went to God and the storks begged God to stop the war, to stop the death, stop the bloodshed. But God, as we know, gives man free will and he would not intervene and um and he told them you know he told them no and the storks were really sad they asked him if there's anything else that they could do if there's anything they could do except just be mournful of this and he told them that they um could help themselves by mourning by dipping their wings in black and that would be like their symbol, their symbolic mm, way gotcha. of mourning the death of war and all of that. And so if you look around at the storks in all, the Alsace region, you'll see that they have black um, tips on their wings. Yeah. And that is why. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> that is. Like, yeah. that's that's something cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe that? No. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, I'm sitting here telling James this story, and I think it's really cool. He hasn't heard that yet, and I'm telling it to him, and he's kind of, his eyes are glazing over, and he's just kind of like, yeah, I don't believe storks were talking to God about that. No, I just, I'm sorry, I don't believe that. But I like the story anyway. So. Yeah. You're welcome. One of our hearts bled. <laughs> we wanted to break in and tell you about something that you need to remember, no matter what kind of trip you're on. Water. Being hydrated will help you enjoy the journey no matter what kind of journey it is. But it's so easy to forget. So set a goal for yourself and start early. A couple of glasses of water before you start your day will help you get over that lag and into your experiences. What do you want to share that will make travel better? Contact us and we can promote it here. While you were fascinated with uh, the storks and birds and people getting bit and having babies, I uh, was really, really intrigued by the cathedral 
there in Strasbourg. You love cathedrals. I do. I do. I love a building that so much time and thought and effort has gone into constructing and has had a purpose and been used for the same purpose and remained basically untouched for so long. I think it's just fascinating. Yeah. And so I love to go to the cathedrals. This one was amazing. Um, it's very gothic. Um, as we said earlier, it has a massive round stained glass uh, feature that, that's just beautiful. The way they light it up at night is incredible. And seeing it during the day from inside the cathedral, you see like all the colors of the stained glass coming through, which is was really, really cool. They also have an astronomical clock in there. It features an astronomical clock. That was a really big deal, too. Like, yes. we heard a lot about it before we got there, and a lot of people showed up to see it. Yeah, and they, like, they really pumped it up. <laughs> it, like, uh, I guess you would say goes off or, like, does its movements um, at 1230 every day. And it costs, like, three euros to see it. You can, like, buy your little tickets and go in and watch it. This was for its time such a marvel of engineering. I mean, basically one of the first computers because it would tell time, it would tell the date, it would mark holidays and all those kinds of things all just by by being set on January the 1st. So it had ability to tell leap years and everything and which I thought was pretty incredible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it was made by Swiss clockmakers and uh, there are animated figures that that turn around and and the uh, the whole experience starts with a short film on how it was built and and all those kinds of things and I have to say for as much build up as it had when it went off and did its like deal like did its little dance after it was over it was kind of like oh okay yeah <laughs> Well, because, yeah, because we're kind of expecting like fireworks and stuff. <laughs> right. Because in the modern world, you know, you expect like something really loud or like, wah, you know, for its time was probably like mind blowing. Right. You know, but in this day and age, you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it it is, it is really cool when you like, when you do take a step back and think like, okay. If I was here in the 1500s, that would be like, like, how did they do that? Yeah. This is amazing. And so when you kind of look at it through those eyes, you kind of, you kind of get it. But when everyone's crowding around and like pushing each other out of the way so they can get up a front row seat for this thing and it kind of does this deal and you're like, huh, okay. But, uh, it was, it's still definitely worth seeing an amazing feature there and then you get to kind of walk around the cathedral itself the inside of it which was really cool we walked up you can climb the stairs um i think it was almost as tall as the belfry that we climbed in bruges but you get a beautiful view of the city from up there and you go up and there's not a lot of like stopping on your way up so it's a lot of like stairs that you're just marching up but once you get up there it's really a beautiful view of the city and like it's way up there. Like it felt really, it was making me a little nervous being up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool part too is that like you go up 
one set of stairs and then you kind of make your way across the top of the roof and then you go down another set so the good part is you're not if you're claustrophobic you're not going up these really tiny tiny winding stairs and then having to like make room for other people coming down yes they kind of like really had kind of a one-way route for everybody which was really smart especially with covid too yeah yeah that uh that was really nice but definitely worth seeing if you're there like you got to go check it out yeah especially like see it see the cathedral from the outside see it during the day and then see it again at night yes so for sure man it was just yeah i just remember like walking down that like main street with the cathedral right in front of us and it was so crazy to see it at night and people are walking all around you and you just see it and it is dominant like it dominates for sure yeah yeah it's beautiful it uh it's just something else and we were only like we only got to stay there for a few days like there's other stuff that i wanted to see too like the the gutenberg press was is there like there's a museum about that that i thought would have been really cool to go to but the cathedral will just blow you away I really wanted to try some uh, spätzle. Yes. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, I think so. So I was like, kept looking for some really authentic um, Alsace region food. Right. And we found a place called Finkstubel. Honestly, like it opened up at like, I don't know, like 7 p.m. And we mm. were like there as soon as the doors open. And um, we were able to get in without reservations. But it filled up really fast. And it was tiny. Yeah, yeah. Like a tiny little place with all of these wooden tables and chairs. And it's like, I don't even know. It reminded me of like these little German tables and chairs. Yeah. When I was little, my dad would, he did a lot of carpentry and he would make us benches and um, he would make mom like a chest and then he would make, um, he made this table and little chairs for us as kids. And we were like, like toddler, like little, little kids. And they've got these little hearts cut out and in the back of this wooden chair and it's all shaped and it's very... I mean, it's very German is what it makes me think of. Yeah. But then like being there, I was like, oh, this, this is what he was emulating was yeah. this Alsace region vibe. And um, anyway, we just like pulled out these old little chairs and like <laughs> sat down. I was like, man, this is the sweetest little place. And it was delicious food. It was, yeah. It had like a mix of, you know, French and German stuff. Um, we ate snails for the first time, which yeah. is pretty good. Escargo. I don't think I've ever had snails other than that. That was the first time for me, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a lot like mussels kind of in the way you eat them. Yes. You know, kind of out of yeah. the little shells and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and then uh, you had some potato dumplings. Oh, yeah. They were really good. They yeah. had like bacon on them. And yeah, that they was really good. That was a win. Yeah. And then I had, um, it was kind of like a chicken pot pie, but the bread on it was very French in that it was like really fluffy. It was kind of like a pastry and delectable. It was <laughs> really, really good. Um, I did get spatzel on the side, but it wasn't great. Yeah. I think that maybe we, we tried it incorrectly. I think maybe it, like we should have ordered like a dish with it in it because it, when we got it, I think I realized that it's more of a, almost like potatoes or rice in that I think it takes on the flavor of whatever else it's with. 
and we ordered it on the side. So it was kind of bland. Yeah, but we ordered it the only way you could order it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's only right. one option because I remember like I didn't have a lot to pick from. It was like, that's your opportunity to try it. <laughs> and so if we just had it as they presented it to us. I will say, though, I think you're right. I think it would be better with other stuff in it because later on we when we were in Prague, we got some um, spatzel that had like. I believe it was spatzel and it had mm-hmm. like um, sausage and different stuff in it. And it was yes. super good. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. And our like our waiter spoke English a little bit. Yeah. And so I, I think maybe we could have helped ourselves out or he could help us out if like there wasn't such a barrier. But yeah, but it was still like that was an, an awesome dinner. Yeah. And like just such a charming place. And dinner in Europe is so relaxing. Uh-huh. Um, and it can be in the U.S., but it's not always. But I feel like if you go out to dinner in Europe, it's almost always a very relaxing experience. And you get to kind of walk back and take when you walk back after leaving dinner, you're so relaxed that you can really like take in the city. And I remember us walking back that night, really enjoying just like we were really close to Airbnb. So it wasn't much of a of a walk, but just strolling back and soaking in the city like just such a beautiful place yeah so beautiful man yeah and so like you said it was a very relaxing place to be it could get very busy during the day mm-hmm. yeah um it's definitely a tourist attraction for sure but if you get up and run it in the morning it's pretty like quiet yeah. and then even at night it wasn't crazy busy at night it was like there would be places where you know people would be sitting out on patios eating and drinking and stuff but it wasn't madness you know so yeah we stopped we stopped that one evening and had a beer at yeah and sat outside at a table at one place and there was some guys watching a a, a football match and it was it was fun to just sit there and and just watch people go by people watch you know, yeah. we always do that but Definitely recommend yeah. Strasbourg, France. For sure. It sure. was wonderful. And um, you guys can hear all about it. I mean, well, you can see all about it. Um, whenever you go to YouTube, check out the video. It's definitely one of those. And I feel like I say this all the time, but it's definitely one of those places you have to see to yes. really get. What do you think was your favorite thing? Um, honestly, just walking around. Yeah. I think it felt so different from anything else that we had done that far thus far. I I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I loved like arriving to our Airbnb. I loved arriving in general. Yeah. It was a yeah. little rough when we came from like the train station and kind of walked our way, you know, into the historic district. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is like a little rougher than like I imagined. But then once you get into the historic district, it's like so charming yeah that's awesome for so, sure that is pretty much it you guys if you want to go um follow us on youtube um you guys can subscribe you'll make sh- it'll help make sure that you get all the videos when they come out also we are on tiktok and facebook and 
Instagram. We're probably most active on Instagram, um, but we're getting pretty active on TikTok too and mm-hmm. having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> um, so, and if you don't do any of those things, you can actually find a lot of the shorts and the little quick reels that we do. We put those on YouTube too now. So, yeah. um, so you guys can check all of that stuff out and, um, and then let us know if you guys have ever been, because I love hearing that from other people and what you thought of it. Um, so be sure to, you know, as you're listening to this podcast, go back and um, reach out to us on social media and tell us your thoughts because some of you guys are, have been doing that and it's so fun to hear from you. So um, yeah, just be sure to reach out to us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like we're always looking for the next best thing and yeah. uh, is definitely a place we want to go back to. I'm sure that there's stuff that we missed. So if you've been and you had a great time, let us know what you did. Yeah. And which Beauty of the Beast song you sang while you were there. (laughs) Okay, guys, we hope you get to travel somewhere that you love very soon because life is short. Wander well. 